0: You're Dr. O'Blum, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message.: Well, it's so wonderful spending time with you today as we kick off a brand new series called "Peace Within." I think it's such a timely series because right now, today, as we live, the world is at war with the novel coronavirus. And this war on the outside, a big pandemic sweeping the globe, has stirred up a lot of little internal wars within so many of us, old little wars that we're having, and some of them very real right now, some of them economic wars that we're facing. We're at war with everything around us. And today we're asking the question, is there a possibility to have peace in the midst of this war? Is there true peace that we can find? In the midst of this war. So join us today as we're going to be looking at what Jesus had to say to his disciples. And I want to dive directly into that. It's in John chapter 16 verse 33 where Jesus speaks to his disciples getting them ready for a very chaotic time. A time of big suffering. A time of a lot of uncertainty that they will be facing into the future. And he says the following words to them. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous, I have conquered the world. And in these few famous words of Jesus in John chapter 16 verse 30, 33, he gives us three things about peace. Firstly, Jesus tells us and his disciples about the problem with peace. Secondly, he tells us about the promise for peace. And then lastly, he ends off with the power of peace. The fact that there is something that Jesus offers that's so powerful, nothing can compare with it. And it will give us hope. It will give us peace, true peace. So let's dive in. Firstly, the problem with peace starts in the middle of this verse where Jesus says the following. He says, you will have suffering in this world. Now, I don't know about you, but at first glance, for me, when I'm looking at that, and I can imagine his disciples looking at Jesus saying, yeah, okay, Jesus, yeah, right, we know. Why are you telling us stuff that we know? That's not really a big revelation. Now, with all respect, if we just stand still for a moment and reflect on what Jesus is saying, we might discover something way deeper and more profound in this little statement that he's making. And I believe the first truth that we're discovering here is that Jesus says in this world you will have suffering. I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking about peace, the opposite of peace is never suffering. In my head, the opposite of peace is violence. But Jesus is making a distinct statement about the kind of peace that he's bringing. See, the word peace in the Hebrew is actually the word shalom. And shalom means wholeness, to be restored, tranquility, to be made whole again. Whereas with you and me, most likely we think peace is just the absence of violence. But Jesus is making a statement here. You see, where things suffer is where things are broken. And like never before in this world, probably you've mentioned, you've seen it just as I've seen it playing off like a movie in front of us as this coronavirus swept the whole world. We saw all the things in this world, all the systems, the governing systems, the economic systems, the relational systems, the society's systems, all of them being challenged. And ultimately, we've seen their brokenness, their incapacity to really bring wholeness and peace to this world. There is a brokenness in this world that the systems of this world just cannot, cannot fix. And Jesus steps in and he says, do you see that, guys? Peace is not just the absence of violence, but it's the presence of justice. Why justice? Well, justice is a little term, it's a word that refers to our effort and our way of trying to make whole what was broken. When someone was wronged and they're suffering, there's something broken within society. And then we have a justice system to help and correct whatever we see is broken. So Jesus is making the statement that his peace is not just the absence of violence, but it's the presence of true justice. He's bringing true justice. He's going to fix that. Secondly, in this, he's not just making the statement that this world is broken, that you and I have experienced it on so many different levels. But he's saying there is this myth in Christianity. And I think he's blowing, blowing it out of the water. But there is this myth in Christianity that says once you've given your life to Jesus, you will live the blessed life. Nothing will touch you. You will not be able to be touched by any suffering. You will not face it at all. It's almost like when you're a Christian, you're immune to suffering. It's like that Toyota advert that says, always everything just goes right. And Jesus is blowing that straight out of the water. He's making a statement to his disciples and to you and me today, saying that we will face suffering in this world. It's real. No Christian is immune of any suffering in this world. And I know if I would end the sermon right here, you would probably be very disappointed. We would all walk away with a very strong feeling of melancholy with our heads between our shoulders, like just bowed. I cannot do this. What good news do you have? And luckily for us, Jesus doesn't end it there because he's saying in the midst of the suffering, not just when the violence around us ends. Not when the chaos and the brokenness around us is taken away. He's saying in the midst of this storm, he is promising us a peace. He's giving us peace. He's saying, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Jesus is promising us wholeness. He's giving us shalom. He's saying, I'm going to mend what's broken. I'm going to correct what's wrong. I'm bringing something brand new. And in me, in the midst of this chaotic waters, and this storm, I'm the rock. I'm the one that's giving you peace. And he's saying it's only in him. Nowhere else can it be found. It's actually um, double clicking on this. And I want to read it to you in John chapter 14, 27. He says the following, peace I leave with you, My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Have your heart been troubled of late? Have you been kept awake at night with fear? Well, Jesus says in him, he gives us a peace, that will take that away in the midst of this moment. And he's also making this statement that out there in the world, there are other forms of peace, other things we wanna hold onto and grab onto for peace, for wholeness, and maybe you've been doing that. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe it was your salary, and now that it's being cut, all of your peace is being taken away. Maybe it was a relationship that was very close to you in your life. Maybe you were married and now suddenly in the midst of this chaos or maybe you're in a space where that marriage is being threatened and all of your peace is being taken away. Maybe you were hoping for a promotion but you got retrenched and now suddenly your peace is taken away. You see, the peace of this world, the counterfeit peace the world offers, is the fact that they're only circumstantial. They're only temporary. And even the best of them, like a good marriage, ends at a certain stage. All the peace the world gives us ends at a certain stage. And Jesus steps in and he says, you know what, guys? I'm going to give you a peace that will be rock solid. Nothing will be able to shake it up. It will stand. It will always stand. Just in this past week, I received a phone call from my brother, and um, he gave me the, the very bad news at that specific day <clears throat> that he has just been retrenched. He's lost his job. Now, um, he was expecting a raise and a promotion in his workspace, but he has instead received in this time of economic uncertainty, he has received the the most terrible news ever that he doesn't have a work anymore and as we're talking on the phone and and I'm just trying to encourage him with the good news of Jesus saying that he is your peace and he mentions this one story he says one of the people asked him listen why aren't you angry at God for taking away this job He said to me that morning in his quiet time, he actually was troubled by this question, so he spoke to Jesus about it. And the next moment, he was just flooded by the good news of the gospel. And in tears, he uttered the following words to me. He said, Lorraine, how can I be angry at Jesus after everything that he gave me? And at that moment, his brother on the other side of the line was in tears. Guys, you know what? My brother has discovered a peace that even in the midst of the storm kept him rock solid. The waves can come and the winds may blow, but he will stand strong because there is something in him that gave him peace that's bigger than the things of this world. There's another story about um, an amazing minister, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, from England and he was a f- trained physician before he went into ministry and At a certain stage his preaching gift just went so well And he just did so good he had to take the step into full-time ministry and he made this decision But with this decision came two big big implications The first one is that social society decided the polite side of society decided to reject him saying listen another religious fanatic on our hands um, that's going and losing it and just giving everything up. and So he took something of a little bit of a blow from, from, from the polite side of society in that moment. And then also he had to take a 90% salary cut to take the step into ministry, to fully pursue the calling God has for him. And it wasn't a few years after that that a young reporter came to him and talked to Mr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and asked him, So, how is it now after you've made this decision? And he's kind of like busy weighing up the pros and the cons, saying, was it worth it? Asking him this one big question, was it worth it to make the decision that you've made? I mean, you've lost so much and is what you've gained worth enough? Martin Lloyd-Jones looked at the young reporter and responded with these clear words. And I want to read it to you because I think it's so powerful. He looks at the young man and he says, let me get this straight with you. I gave up nothing and I have gained everything. He's saying you don't understand the the first thing about what it means to be a Christian. And then he continues to say the following. He says, you do not understand this, those things which I have lost, Used to be my peace, you see. That was my peace. My performance was my peace. That was the thing I was hoping to make life whole, give meaning to my life. That was my peace. Today, I want to ask you, like Martin Lloyd-Jones discovered, what has been your peace up until now? What's been the thing that you've been trusting and hoping in? Maybe it was money. Maybe it was the security of your family and relationships. Maybe it was even the job that you had. What is it that you've put your hope in to make you whole again? Because Martin Lloyd-Jones goes on and he says to this young reporter the following, he says, now Christ is my peace. And to compare what I have in Christ would be as to follow and he uses this example. I think it's so powerful. He says, it would be that you have discovered you have a million dollars in the bank and all you need to give up to get that million dollars is to pay a 25 stamp to hand it in and withdraw that million dollars. And you're not, worth, you're not willing to give up 25 cents to get a million dollars. He's saying to give up the counterfeit pieces of this world that you have, it's like giving up 25 cents in exchange for the greatest treasure you could ever possess. Having Jesus. And in this moment, Martin Lloyd-Jones is touching on the power of the peace that we get. And that's what Jesus ends off. He's talking about a power that we find in the peace that Jesus gives. He says the following. It's the last end of this verse. He says, But be courageous. I have conquered this world. Jesus says in him, We have this peace that he gives. We can have courage to face our greatest fears. The things that we think, if we lose this, we have nothing anymore. We will not have peace. And we try and build this little fake world of peace around us. Jesus says, you need not fear to lose any of those things. Because in me, you have found something far greater. So you can have courage. But then secondly, he says, he has conquered this world. Jesus conquering the world? Does that mean Jesus was at war with this world? I'm afraid the answer is yes. Jesus was at war with this world. Raging war. In fact, in Genesis chapter three, we read about this war when it started off. Adam and Eve decided to take a command God has given and downgrade that command A command just by the way is a non-negotiable. So they downgraded God's command saying, you shall not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. And they just downgraded what God said. His words were downgraded to being some nice advice. I've seen so many people doing that in the world today. Jesus is a great moral teacher, giving us some nice advice in the middle of this, in this world and we don't see him being who he said he is. He's the son of God and his word is our command. Adam and Eve decided to do the unthinkable, downgrade Jesus' word to being nice advice. And in that moment, you know who advisors works for? Advisors works for kings. And in that moment, they've upgraded themselves to being kings and God becoming their advisor. And what do you get when you have two kings and you have one throne? Is you get a war. And this war is not just any war. This is the ultimate war, the war of all wars. This is a cosmic war. This is the war between creation and his creator. Guys, maybe today you need to do as I have done. Maybe today you need to acknowledge that you are not truly the king. You don't have what it takes to keep everything in control you can't make it whole, and that Jesus is truly the real king, you need to bow down. You need to climb off of that throne and allow God to become the Lord of your life, because you've been at war with him your whole life long. Maybe it's time to surrender, and I know it's scary. I mean, if you logically think about this moment It means that you give up your life. You die. And I know some of you are thinking, Lorraine, but you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done wrong. There is an angry God ready to zap me. He's just waiting to get done with me. I cannot. All I have left is this life. And I understand it because you're catching something so true to war. A war only ends when one of the kings lay down their life. And I'd like to read what Jesus had to say in John chapter 10. I want to read to you what Jesus says, the true king. He says the following. He says, I have come, that's why Jesus came, that's why the Son of God came, so that they, referring to you and to me, the world, so that you, you can put your own name there, so that you may have life and have it to the full. He didn't come to kill you, to come and sort you out. He came so that you may have life and have it to the full. And then he says these following words. He says, how is he going to give you this life? He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, you know that war? that cosmic war that was going on, I'm going to end it. And I'm going to end it by giving my life. The Prince of Peace, as he is referred to, the one that comes to bring wholeness and gives wholeness into this world, laid down his life. He conquered death. You know what? Death is so profound because the reality is it's all suffering, all brokenness leads to death. Death is the ultimate destiny of brokenness. Jesus comes, he gives himself, he takes the full blow of our brokenness and the brokenness of this world. He takes on death and he conquers it three days later by being risen. Why? So that you and I can have life have it to the full, can ultimately have peace. Guys, you see, peace is not in the possessions that we have. It's in the person of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. So why not today? Put your trust in Him. Allow Him to give you the peace that you've so longed for. Receive his life, and the fullness of it. Let's pray. Father, I want to come and acknowledge that you are the Prince of Peace. And it's only through you that we are made whole again. And where people are today and they need to climb off of the spaces in their life where they want to rule and reign, where they want to be king, And they're still at war with you. Father, I pray that those those weapons would be laid down. Jesus, I'm no longer going to try and make it without you. I'm surrendering to your lordship. Your word is my command. You are the king of this heart. And then, Father, I want to come and pray that the peace of Jesus Christ Will rest on your children's hearts. Whomever surrenders to you, that they will be at peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.